Hello! Welcome to Foss and Crafts, a podcast about free software, free culture, and making things together. With my co host, Morgan. And my co host, Christine. So, this is a keynote from Siegel, the Seattle GNU Linux conference from back in November of 2021. A lot of the information in this keynote is stuff we've mentioned in other episodes already. But here we're putting it together into a larger narrative about interdisciplinarity and how our personal backgrounds have influenced the way that we approach FOSS. So we'll link to the video of this keynote with the slides and the show notes and everything else. And we want to acknowledge some of the Seagull organizers who speak since we took the audio for this episode from the conference video. So thank you to Rachel Kelly, Monica Madden, and Nathan Handler. And for that matter, everybody else who organized and volunteered for Seagull. Yeah, it was a great conference and we very much enjoyed attending. And since the rest of this episode is pre-recorded, we're going to thank the Patreon donors right up front this time. So to the supporter tier... Thank you to Bassam Kardali, Benjamin Slade, Charles Stanhope, Chris Barnes, and Craig Maloney. And the mega supporter tier. Thank you to Ava, Dan Conley, Deb Nicholson, James Valeroy, and Jonathan Fredrickson. And to the ultra supporter tier. Thank you to Benjamin Goring and James Campbell. And also a note about the Tiny NES campaign. Uh, We covered that in the last episode. So at the time of recording, we are doing pretty good, huh? Yeah, we are now at over 42K, which is over twice our initial goal. And we still have 17 days left of the campaign, and we still have materials left. So if you haven't yet, go to the Crowd Supply page and pre-order yours today. Yep. Well, that's enough delay. Let's hop right into the episode. All right. It is my great pleasure to announce our two keynotes this morning. We have Christine Lemmer-Weber and Dr. Morgan Lemmer-Weber. Dr. Morgan Lemmer-Weber is an art historian, avid crafter, and FOSS user and advocate. She recently completed her PhD in art history at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. A lifelong exploration of various handcrafts and media inspired her dissertation research on women and textile production in the Roman Empire. Morgan is also interested in the intersection of FOSS and academia, particularly in the context of digital humanities research. She built the original digitization of the William Ramsey Ledger as a custom static site generator in Python, She looks forward to doing more digital humanities exploration and community engagement within the FOSS world now that her dissertation is complete. Congrats, Dr. Morgan Lemmer-Weber. Christine Lemmer-Weber is a longtime user freedom advocate. Her degree in interdisciplinary humanities with a focus on philosophy and ethics has informed her approach to free and open source software and free culture. She is mostly known for her work co-authoring and co-editing the ActivityPub Distributed Social Network Protocol. In previous times of her life, she worked as tech lead at Creative Commons, co-founded Media Goblin, started and ran the Liberated Pixel Cup, and kicked off work on CC by SA 4.0 and GPL compatibility. These days, her primary work is on Sprightly. Oh my gosh, I know Sprightly. It's such a cool project a project to improve the security of federated social networks and bridge them with virtual worlds. When she isn't programming, she enjoys cooking, sketching, and making ASCII art. 
thank you both. Please take it away. All right. Are we live? Are we audible? You Looks are like live. Thank you both so much. We're so excited to have you. Thank, Thank you for having us. Yes. We briefly popped into the costume contest dressed as the sprightly mascots for Brooks and Goblins, but now we'll switch to keynote mode. Yeah. We'll we'll bring that back right at the end. That um, sounds so great. Hey, actually, we have a minute or two before we should really start our keynote. Can you tell us a little bit about your costumes this morning? Sure. We'll just vamp a little bit. This is going to be great. Everybody wants so, to see that. Do you want to just really briefly describe Sprightly? Well, since we finished the Activity Pub Federated Social Network Standard, Sprightly has been kind of a research project for the Federated Social Web. And yeah, we have masks to kind of complete the character look. I'm not going to put it on so I don't get muffled. Basically, there's a bunch of smaller projects within the larger project of Sprightly. And Christine drew small little sprites to represent each of the small projects and that then were David, then... David Revois. Yeah, then the uh, free culture artist David Revois uh, turned those into more developed designs. So uh, I am dressed as Brux, which is the pet name system mm -hmm. within uh, Sprightly. And I am dressed as Goblin. Well, the Goblin of Goblins, which is the uh, distributed programming environment piece of Sprightly. Amazing. You put my costume to shame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, should we get going then? Yeah. Yeah. Let, let's do this. Thank you I so much. You uh, welcome all to Siegel Day 2, 2021. All right. Hi. I will take off this piece of my costume. I am Christine Lemmerweber. And this is Maureen Lemmerweber. Hi. And this presentation is... Interdisciplinarity and FOSS. So how can interdisciplinarity help your FOSS projects and maybe your academic projects? So non-traditional backgrounds are and should be welcome just about everywhere. So in free and open source software, neither Christine or I had a standard computer science background when we got into this field. In fact, I consider myself an interdisciplinary humanities hacker. I'm kind of more known today for the work that I've done in terms of, you know, more programming oriented things. So as in terms of technical standards, like the activity pub, federated social network standard, and as in terms of my current work on Sprightly, which is a kind of level up the decentralized social web a research project that is becoming less research and research all the time. But I don't have a traditional CS, a computer science education. Uh, actually, my my major in college was called interdisciplinary humanities, which probably nearly no one has ever heard uh, of before. Being a interdisciplinary humanities student, I was doing computer programming uh, for fun on the side. And I kind of, I, I bumped into the GNU project and especially this GNU philosophy page, which really kind of captured my mind because I was studying a lot of philosophy and philosophy is everything. But in what way is this philosophy? So that got me really engaged in trying to figure out about the ideas of things. But I, I thought, I'm not really a computer programmer. Um, I wanted to contribute in some sort of way to the free and open source software world. So I figured I would make a comic that was about a couple of nerds, and it's very dated, that are trying to work on some projects and are having trouble getting them off the ground. But it would be kind of a way of advancing free and open source software by being this fun thing that kind of talks about it. You know, that didn't go on for very long. It turns out that Emacs is a, a great gateway drug into the rest of the programming world. Um, so by 
using that, somebody told me, well, you should just write your papers in LaTeX and Emacs. And I'm like, okay, I'll do that. And as, as I'm, you know, burning the midnight oil, trying to write my papers desperately, you know, I'm trying to figure out how to make things work. And it turns out that ended up being the opening of my programming career, basically, by trying to use, figure out how to use these tools that were meant for programmers. As, you know, a development environment, I became a developer. Um, but I, I still didn't think that you could make money being a free and open source software developer. So I said, I'll just become a writer and an artist to pay for my programming. And it turns out that that isn't how it ended up working. But, you know, mostly I consider myself to be fairly self-taught or really book-taught, and but even more so community-taught. And I think this is okay. But in, in many ways, it's all interdisciplinary. And here's see something that I think is fun and interdisciplinary, an animated ASCII art thing of a thing that Morgan and I made together of these two teacups that represent us and our own slogan, let's just be weird together. But let me turn to the other teacup. So hi, I am Dr. Morgan Lemmer Weber. I am an art historian. I just received my PhD in May in art history. And I consider myself a digital humanities crafter. There's many sides to interdisciplinarity, and there's lots of skills that can be transferred elsewhere that you wouldn't necessarily think of to begin with. So this is the flip of the ASCII art animation that Christine just showed, and it's actually a little bit anachronistic in the slides because the needlepoint existed first, and then Christine made the ASCII art, and this is kind of our household slogan of let's just be weird together. So... Obviously, art historians are common in FOSS activism, right? Right? Maybe not as much. However, uh, I had an interesting introduction into coding. So I had been working for two years on a FileMaker database for an archaeological excavation at Sardis. And my spouse was a computer programmer. And was willing to teach me how to program and I was willing to learn. And that made me the most qualified person in my art history department to run a digital humanities project. And for those who don't know, digital humanities is basically just all of the same humanities research plus computers and digital elements that make it much easier to access that information. So for this project, uh, which was the ledger of William Ramsey, who was a colonial merchant in Alexandria, Virginia, I built this website using Python and HTML and CSS and Flask, and I built a static site uh, exporter. And I learned how to program the summer before this, and it was all peer taught because my very helpful spouse contributed to that. And then I built that entire thing in one academic year. Then, since my onboarding process to Python was a little bit difficult and I ran into some roadblocks, Christine and I decided to put together a series of workshops that were digital humanities workshops to teach programming to people who didn't think they could program. The unofficial subtitle for it was Programming for People with Imposter Syndrome. And we decided to use the programming language Racket because it has a picture language built in. So we could teach people the fundamental like terminology of programming, but instead of using math as the universal language that everybody knows, which side point is a difficult process for someone who is dyscalculic as I am. So we had our base tutorial being building snowmen by putting together circles. So in general, what we're kind of talking about in this talk is interdisciplinarity, which means really we're also talking about how can you end up combining different skills in different areas that you have, right? 
So in the Media Goblin project that I uh, co-founded and co-ran back in the day, when I was lead maintainer of the project, one thing that we did and we tried to make fun was that I used my skills from having done artwork to be able to create this release art. And you could say that it's not like really critical to the project to be able to do this, but it raised a lot of enthusiasm and energy. And I think one of the things that the Media Goblin project did well, maybe even more so than the code, was having a really interesting community. And if you have skills in other areas, it doesn't have to be graphical art. Um, the Geeks Project recently, one of their um, one of their latest releases, they released a wonderful song uh, made by Ricardo Wormus. And he has this wonderful blog post about how he made the song for their release song, right? So I think this is kind of interesting, the idea of, you know, kind of celebrating milestones of your project by doing something fun and kind of artistic to go along with it. So art history dissertation plus code. As I said, I'm an art historian, but I have this larger digital humanities background now. And after we did our digital humanities workshops, that included a tutorial on how to use Scribble, which is the markup language associated with Racket, to write papers. So I decided to dog food that concept and use Scribble to write my dissertation which here you can see on the left, the source code for my dissertation and on the right, the HTML output, because from my source code, I can output to HTML, to PDF, to LaTeX. And then Christine built a uh, ODT exporter from Scribble as well. So I can export it and do the very last amount of formatting in uh, LibreOffice. And then there are a lot of ways that my work is interdisciplinary that is not necessarily even related to uh, the FOSS world. So for example, the sweater I am wearing right now is also my defense sweater, which is plus 20 defense against questions about women in textile production, because I knit it out of yarn that I got that was locally produced in Trier, which was one of my case study sites for my dissertation. And I wore this for my defense of my dissertation. So my background in crafting started before my background in academically studying craft production. And along those lines, I also incorporated um, experimental or experiential archaeology into my research. And this right here is the full-scale replica of a Roman upright two-beam loom, which does not exist archaeologically, so it's reconstructed based off of images. For my dissertation, I also used a lot of programmer tools that I adjusted for the non-programmer. So I already talked about using Scribble um, as the environment and Dr. Rackett as the environment that I was writing my dissertation in. But I also had things like version control, which honestly, everyone should have version control for their dissertation instead of having 50 copies of a Word document that are just slightly different file names based on the date that they're done. So I used Git and also Git Annex because as an art history PhD, there are a lot of very large files. And then this all comes out into a physical book, which is the compiled output of my source code document in Scribble. You could say this is literally the final step of the compiler from the source language of Scribble to being a dissertation. Well, you could say that, but obviously the uh, dissertation, the defense copy is not the final copy of a dissertation. Hopefully it'll become a other book at some point. <laughs> yes. So I think games are an interesting example also of something that kind of combines the worlds of both code and artwork. To be able to build a game, you have to inherently 
explore the world of, you know, bridging these two things together. This is actually artwork from Liberated Pixel Cup, which is a contest that we ran about 10 years ago that had both a creating artwork and creating games using that artwork component to it. Also, I think, you know, I, I'm really grateful that I have a humanities background. So I actually, you know, when writing the Activity Pub specification, I made the initial artwork mockups, then Emre, a uh, volunteer, made this beautiful vectorized version of it. But, you know, got in addition to writing the actual kind of more dry specification text, I think one of the things about Activity Pub's success is that it comes with a tutorial that has a very narrative aspect to it that appears at the top of the document. So having, you know, writing skills and artwork skills, those can appear in all sorts of other really important areas, such as documentation. And then also there are transferable skills that are useful in just about any discipline. So I had a lot of experience organizing symposia and conferences and such in the academic world, usually for art history, archaeology, a little bit of digital humanities. But when Christine and others were putting together the Activity Pub conference and expecting Christine to organize a conference, it was that, not going well. No, uh, nobody was <laughs> expecting that. I was saying it would not happen if I did it because I just was too overwhelmed. So I offered to take over the organization for the conference because that is a transferable skill, whether you're setting up a conference for art history or archaeology or um, Federation standards. And then we had a wonderful episode of our podcast with yesterday's uh, keynote speaker, Alana Hashman and Katie McLaughlin, uh, about the uh, the FOSS Project Ich, which is a way to make cross-stitch patterns using procedurally, basically using the software. So this is a good example where you've got software and FOSS helping to do more traditional craft processes and then the traditional craft processes informing very complex and interesting software problems. So another interesting thing where a lot of different skills are needed are fundraising, which I've had to do a number of times throughout my career. It is my least favorite thing to do, but it is important, right? I have also had to do fundraising <laughs> an awful lot over my career as well. Both on projects that you know, we've both worked on together or that you've helped with mm -hmm. or also for your own academic stuff. Yeah. Right? So for both academic and FOSS projects. Yep. So for example, writing out a grant application, we recently got on, uh, this is not actually announced on the Sprightly blog yet, but uh, Jessica Talon, who um, co-authored the Activity Pub specification and also was a hire that went all the way back from an outreach program for women intern on the Media Goblin days. She is now coming on full-time to focus on Sprightly using a grant that came from an LNET. But being able to do that also required a lot of, you know, skills that I feel like came from the kind of writing background I had, right? Also, you know, why not combine things such as programming and also ASCII art? So Deb Nicholson, friend of ours and also friend to Siegel, asked me one year if whether or not I would uh, help with Software Freedom Conservancy's fundraiser by making a special postcard for them. And I said, oh, sure, I can make it in ASCII art. And then I went completely wild and wrote a program to create an animated ASCII art postcard that they ran on their servers. People could tell that into. 
but also doing fundraising and doing a crowdfunding campaign required um, being able to create a video that created compelling reasons for the public to possibly want to donate. And, you know, I had these blender skills from just picking it up as a hobby, you know, just for fun. And I got to transfer that into, you know, working on that video and creating kind of the abstract descriptions of what the problems were we were trying to solve. And luckily, since I also knew artists, especially Bassam Kardali and their partner Fateh, who um, were willing to take me into their studio and train me on the ideas of animation so that we'd be able to pull this off. But further than all that... Someone's got to make and ship all of that stuff. Someone has to paint all of those 3D printed badges gold and then do hand detailed uh, color correction on them. Yes, thank you very much. And package them and ship them out and wait in line at the post office. Right. And all of that is effort and skills that... That are not programming. That are not programming. So here we want to kind of extrapolate some lessons in kind of in general. So one skill leads to another. If you have something to contribute to a project, you start off with that, and then eventually you are onboarded and learn more skills that are also relevant and pertinent. And I think it's important to be able to value a diversity of skills, right? So I didn't tell Deb I was going to do this. Well, hopefully she appreciates it. You know, Deb Nicholson, who, you know, I don't know if she's on this year, but has been on the Seagull Committee for many years, but is also a close friend of mine and was co-founder along with me of the Media Goblin Project. And she was and is an amazing communicator, an incredible community organizer, and an incredible just person to work with in, in general. And, you know, she would go around and speak about Media Goblin and people would, you know, come up to her or myself at, at conferences and say, gosh, well, how do we get a Deb in your project. And I don't know, you know, I guess the, the thing is, is when when you're lucky enough to have somebody like Deb approach your project, you should treat them as as somebody who is, you know, really valuable. And yeah. and we were we Are were you so lucky. looking for a diversity of skills for your project or are you prioritizing certain things over others? Right. So I mentioned that I was working on this comic and it kind of never went anywhere. I made about eight comics of it. The last one was just a single panel thing that said this, which was one of the characters trying to say to the other character, you know, well, let's just make the thing, right? And the irony is, is that that's, that's where I stopped, right? And, and one of the reasons I stopped was actually fear. I was creating a comic where the characters were starting to talk about some technical things and I wasn't a programmer and I was afraid that... I didn't actually know enough to be able to, where I was going to say some things that were going to be foolish. They weren't right. I wish I hadn't been so afraid. But on the other hand, even going partway through things, it, it helped teach me enough to be able to pull off some useful things into the future. So now is the time for creation. And so the culmination of the last, you know, 15 to 20 years of Christine and I's interdisciplinarity is the podcast that we have been running for the last slightly over a year, Foss and Crafts, which is an interdisciplinary podcast about free software, free culture, and making things together. And it basically takes all of our interests and looks smushes at them, them, smushes them together and looks at them all through the lens of user freedom. And we were kind of wondering whether or not there would actually be sufficient interest externally, but there really has been. And, you know, it's also itself an interdisciplinary project. Um, you know, you have to make the website, and me being me, I decided to make it in Scheme using the Haunt site generator. So you could say that the site itself is a code project. And the intro music, you know, I'm not really good at music, but I decided to try anyway because it felt appropriate for the show. And so I made a song in Milky Tracker, and we have a whole episode of me being very embarrassed trying to explain how the ideas, but also getting into the sound theory that I learned about while working on the music. And then the logo was a 
combined process. And we really wanted to incorporate both the FOSS and the crafts into the logo. So it started with Christine. Yeah, so I made a little racket program that actually built this thing out of ASCII art and also some image manipulation. And then I did a needlepoint of it. And then we combined it together using the GNU image manipulation program. And then finally, we have these Hack and Crafts events, which are community events where uh, they're kind of a combination between a user group and a stitching and bitch where we get together virtually. Everyone brings whatever craft project they're working on and we talk about user freedom. And finally, we wanted to talk about keeping it fun. So we mentioned that we had just joined the little costume contest that was appearing earlier. So this is Morgan is Brooks and I'm Goblin, which are two of the sprightly characters, but we're, we're low on time. So we just wanted to say thanks. Thank you. Foss and Crafts is released under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License. It's hosted by Morgan Lemmerweber and Christine Lemmerweber. The intro music is composed by Christine Lemmerweber, meaning myself, in Milky Tracker, and is released under the same license as the show. The outro music is Enchanted Tiki 86, composed by Alex Smith of The Cynic Project, and is waved into the public domain under CC0 1.0. See cynicmusic.com for more information. You can get in contact with us on the Fediverse, Foss and Crafts at octodon.social, on Twitter as at Foss and Crafts, or you can email us podcast at fossandcrafts.org. We also have a chat room. Join our community on hash Foss and Crafts on irc.libera.chat. If you'd like to support the show, you can donate at patreon.com forward slash foss and crafts. That's it for this week. Until next time, stay free and stay crafty. So a lot of the information in this keynote is stuff we mentioned in other episodes in, you know, many...